0: Um, In this video, we're going to talk about reporting, Um, and I'm actually using the sample company for this um, because I wanted there to be more different types of data um, than we currently have in the English digital media um, file that we've been using. So if you want to play around with this, remember to access the sample company file. You go up to the gear while you're in your own file. And then sample company will be available here Um, so we are in the sample company we're gonna go to reports okay and the first thing you're gonna see is your favorites list this is everything that has a star Um, and so what you can actually do for your clients is you can um, set up what you want the reports to be for them so um, so a couple things that I think are important. I think a standard balance sheet is important and I think a, um, a profit and loss is important. Um, I like this one, profit and loss year to date comparison. Okay. We'll take a look at that one. We'll also take a look at profit and loss by month. Um, and I'm just starring these to so show up so that we can go through them one by one. Um, Let's see, so the nice thing is if you click on the, if there's a question mark that pops up, you can look at it. So these are graphs and charts of your income and expenses, how they change over time. Let's take a look at that one, see what it looks like. Um, If your customer has receivables, you um, you could do a receivable aging for them. I think when you're delivering reports to clients, I think it's really important to ask them what they want to see, right? So, what information is important to them? Um, you know, if they say that they're struggling with collections, then maybe we give them a collections report. Um, are they, you know, struggling with managing the, managing their expenses? Then you know, the, the profit and loss is going to be really important. Um, and maybe we do a profit and loss as a percentage of income. Let's, we'll take a look at that one as well. But I think it's really important when you take on this job, um, to talk to the client and ask them, what are you struggling with financially? Um, what's, you know what information would empower you to run your business better? Questions like that are questions that bookkeepers typically don't ask, um, and really shows your client that you care, right? That you're not just pumping numbers out, um, but that you want to help them manage their businesses better. And if they're not sure um, what information would help them. Then maybe what I would do on the first pass is I might give them more information. Um, you know, give them additional reports and then say, okay, you know, let's take a look at these together. Maybe in your, in your setup, you work in a second meeting that's maybe 30 minutes long to go through the reports with them okay and in this video we're not just gonna look at the reports but I'm gonna show you how to analyze them so let's start with the balance sheet so if you remember from the language of business the balance sheet is um, this is our report that tells us the balances and all the accounts and basically how the business is running Now a balance sheet, if the company has accounts receivable and accounts payable, you typically want to run this on an accrual basis Um, because again, this is giving you the balances. So when I look at this and I'm going to say, let's say I'm going to compare this to um, previous period and let's do, let's also add a percent of column and let's run this report. So essentially what, what I've added to this, um, and unfortunately this company does not have prior data in it, um, so I'm gonna get rid of that because it's not helpful. And I'm gonna rerun the report again. Okay, and I always run the report as of the, the end of the last month that we completed. Okay, so, What this tells me when I add the percent of column, so remember we said that um, a balance sheet is assets equal liabilities plus equity. So what this report will tell me is what percentage each of these line items are of the total of either assets or liabilities plus equity. So you notice total assets is 100%. Um, total liabilities plus equity is hundred percent. So this will tell me um, this will tell me where where the company is. So if I look at this, um, a couple things that concern me looking at this. So first of all, um, my notes payable is incredibly high for the size of this business, right? So they borrowed twenty five thousand dollars um you know total liabilities are 131 percent of their total liabilities and equity right their equity is actually negative okay um so that's a little disconcerting now some of this is the opening balance equity balance and if we click on this here's the nice thing with these reports i can click on anything in these reports and bring up the balance so the reason that the you know, this was never transferred out, okay, when they, um, when they created this account. So you'll notice that the loan is sitting there, this was just kind of all all these balances were put in, and then this was never closed out, okay? Um, so, you know, this I would probably wanna make an entry to fix this, and I can show you how to do that in another video. Um, but just looking at this report, the the company has a lot of liabilities outstanding, right? So there's another loan for four, thousand um, dollars. And so you know there's there's not a lot of uh, there's not a lot of wiggle room here um, for this company. They potentially, depending on the monthly payment on this loan. Um, could run into cash flow issues pretty quickly. Okay, Um, like I said, depending on the term of this loan. Um, Also, remember too, this is a landscaping company, um, which means that depending on the part of the country that they're in, they're gonna experience a slowdown. Um, So for example, if they're in New England, right, this is one of the things I always watch with my landscaping companies. If they're in New England, they're going to experience a slowdown. Probably, um, a lot of my landscaping companies shut down in November after they do their, their cleanups. Um, but then they're not really doing anything again until March. So, and depending on how the weather works out sometimes, um, sometimes their season is shorter. We've had seasons here where, you know, the first snowfall, um, happens in the middle of November and they kind of get shut down for the season. I've had some years where some of my landscapers have worked into December. So but I, you know, we try to plan for a four to five month shutdown. And um if that's the case, they're gonna need enough cash flow, right? They're gonna need enough reserve cash in order for them to be able to make it through until March, okay, when they reopen, um, or sometimes April when they reopen. I know this year, um, because of all the rain that we got in the spring, um, a lot of the landscapers I know didn't start up until um, almost the beginning of May, okay, so, you know and this is something that you can help clients with um especially if they're seasonal but to look at and say okay so what are your obligations that you need to pay for during your downtime right when the business is closed what are you still paying for a lot of times they're paying the monthly insurance on their on their trucks and on their um business they're paying um for loan payments that they have You know, which especially with landscapers, they have lots of loan payments that they're paying for the equipment that they purchase. Um, They're just going to have regular bills, you know, things like their cell phone, um, you know, paying you. Um, And so it's really important to help them put together a plan for how much cash they need to have in savings um, in order to get through the winter. And I'll tell you, a lot of landscapers, they'll kind of, you know, they look at that money sitting in the bank in November and they're like, oh, I gotta, you know, I've gotta spend that so I don't pay taxes. Um, And so they'll go out and buy more equipment and then they don't have the cash to make it through the winter, okay? So if you wanna work with landscapers, um, you know, or really any seasonal business, that would be uh, people that work with pools, um, you know, even some of your, your landscape designers, um, I even find you know sometimes with like people who do like interior decorating, um, I kind of find that like January to March or April, their business gets really slow. Um, I find with car repair, um, January and February are pretty slow months for them up here. Um, And the longer you do this, and that's why, you know, I recommend that you, I know I'm kind of going off tangent a little bit with this, but I think it's kind of important. One of the reasons that I recommend that you pick a niche is that you're going to get to really know that niche. You're going to understand how cash flows in that niche. Um, And you kind of see, you see trends, right? So, you know, when we had the the downturn um, in 07, 08, you know, and continuing um, through the end of that decade, I saw, you know, a lot of my clients, they, they slowed down around the same point, right? Um, where in other recessions that I had seen or other slowdown periods that I had seen, what we would see is that, People would be less confident, so they they would cut back their spending, but they might invest more in their homes, right? And we saw that kind of as we started to recover that people still weren't sure, but they said, you know what, I'm going to stay around my house. I'm not going to go away, so I'm going to make improvements around my house. So my clients that, that were kind of in the home improvement space um, did really, really well. Um, people who sell business opportunities actually do pretty well in economic downturns because people kind of get the sense that I don't have control over my situation so maybe I'll start a business so I do Um, and so it's just kind of it's watching um, watching what's going on with those businesses right and so if you kind of work in one niche it's easier to do that okay so A couple things that that I'm looking at when I look at the balance sheet, again, is I'm looking to make sure that all the balances here are positive unless you have like accumulated depreciation, which would be negative. Um, That's because it's a contra account to your fixed assets. Um, When you're looking at cash and how they're doing for cash, um, you're looking at all of your bank accounts plus undeposited funds. Um, we haven't really talked a lot about undeposited funds yet. Um, but what this account is, is that when you deposit things into your account, um, I'm sorry, when you receive payments from customers, those payments will first go into undeposited funds and then you can group them together. Um, to make a deposit. And you want to make sure that you do group all the payments together so that your deposits match um, what goes into the bank, okay? That matches what's going to show up on the statement. So what I kind of look for when I'm going through um, undeposited funds is I'm looking for this account to zero out. I'm also looking to make sure that I don't have undeposited funds that have been hanging out for a long time. Okay. Um, and one way you can do that is you can, we can actually look at, um, we can look at the deposit screen. If I go to banking and bank deposit, these are the two items that are sitting out in undeposited funds. Notice this matches my balance and you just want to make sure that there's nothing really old in here that there's nothing that uh there's nothing that could possibly be a duplicate or did not get deposited something like that so um and this is this is something that if you're going to be doing this kind of report management where you're overseeing and you're making sure that you know if the client has their hands in here too um and you're kind of overseeing what they're doing to make sure everything looks okay, that is an add on service. Um, anytime the client has access to the file and they're doing some work and you're doing some work, um, you're doing more of like a CFO level. Um, and so I would be adding, you know, an additional. $50 to $100 a month if just to be doing like the review of the reports, okay um, And if you're finding errors with what the client is doing you should have you know You should reach out to that client and say hey, I found these errors um, You know, do you want me to fix them? You might want to work in some, if you're finding that there's errors on a regular basis, you might want to adjust your fee for that and just say, hey, listen, I'm willing to go in and fix this stuff. You know, I'm going to add, you know, up to, um, you know, an hour a month for for error fixing um, and kind of, you know, troubleshooting and tech support if you need it. But that's going to cost you, um you know, that's going to be extra. And that would probably, I mean, whatever you kind of establish your rate to be, um, and that's going to be a use it or lose it kind of thing. So when you add time, you want to make sure that it's enough time. Um, but if you're charging, you know, if your hourly rate is 200 to $300 an hour, I would add an additional, you know, $200 into that. Now, you're not going to itemize all this stuff out for the client to see. You're going to, like, in pricing wise, but you are going to show them um, all of the services that you're going to provide for them. So if you're charging, um, you know, let's say that you're charging $397 a month for their bookkeeping. That includes, you know, importing the transactions from the bank, classifying those transactions, reviewing the reports, um, reviewing the file for errors every month, um, and, you know, providing up to one hour of corrections and tech support to the client each month. Uh, if you structure it that way and say, okay, this is a, a $397 package. Um, that looks, there's a lot of value in that, right? In delivering the reports. And, and so, um, and again, that would be for a client that, you know, when you go through their books, you're seeing kind of the same errors happening on a reoccurring basis. Okay, so let's go back to the summary report here. So that's the balance sheet. This is one that, you know, so you're looking for a lot of debt, you're looking for um, not enough cash, okay to cover the obligations um you're looking you know you're thinking about things like will they have enough cash going forward if there is um you know if there's an issue with the business or the business is a seasonal business so this is one that i would i would print this to a pdf okay um or you can um export it to excel and then put them you know put all of these in the same um Excel spreadsheet, you could do that as well. I like PDF better, that's just me. Um, okay, so let's let's look at this business snapshot. And if you have something um, like Adobe, um, you can actually compile all of them into one PDF. Right now, QuickBooks will not allow you to do that um, internally. Is something that uh, is on their requested features, but it's not something that they have right now. Okay, so um, you can do, this is kind of some graphs and some charts that they put together, okay? Um, If you want to kind of see, okay, where does your income come from? You know, what are you spending money on? Um, that profit and loss, I'm not thrilled with all that money in miscellaneous. So I'll we'll have to take a look at that. Um, yeah, I don't know that any of these are extremely helpful. So let's go back. So I'm going to remove that. I don't think that's super useful. Okay. Um, so let's look at profit and loss as a percent of income. Now, there's two different ways that you could look at this. You could do this all as one report if you wanted. Um, so I'm gonna change this to last month. And let's run it. And then I can do um, year to date. Okay, and run that as well. And again, if they have, you could run this report two different ways. You could run this as an accrual basis report so that way they can see the effect of their payables and receivables. And you can also run this as a cash basis report as well and give them both. Um, You would need to explain to the client the difference between the two. Okay, Um, so looking at this, and you can click into any of the numbers, which is great, I love that. So what I'm looking for here is I'm looking for large expenses. I'm looking for things if they have negative expenses Um, I'm looking for, let's see, uh, I'm looking for miscellaneous. You're just kind of looking for things that just don't look right. Okay. So like, look at this miscellaneous. There's a lot of 38% of their expenses are miscellaneous. You do not want to put miscellaneous on a tax return. The IRS does not like it. Um, okay, so what, what is in here? All right, well, so some of these, I mean, we can look at and just say, well, wait a minute, that's not right. So this is an insurance agency. So why isn't this under insurance? Hey, look, and we have an insurance account. Let's put that under insurance. Okay. This is linked to other, do you want to modify it? Yes, I do. So all I'm doing is changing the category and saving it. Okay. Um, Hicks hardware. This is probably job expenses, OK? And we can figure out what do we want to put that under? Cost of labor installation of job materials. Okay. And these are things, too that like if you put these in and you're not sure where to put them, actually, let's do this. Let's close this without saving. Do you want to leave without saving? Yes. Okay, so I said before that you could send a report to your client, um, you know, basically asking them. Let me show you how I would do this. So here is, um, here are the two items that are in miscellaneous that I'm not sure where they go. You could also use Ask My Accountant. I'm gonna export these to Excel. If your client is not really good with Excel, Um, you could also export this to a PDF and just say, Hey, these two items, I'm not really sure where they should go. Okay. But you could send this. So let me put this over here. So you guys can actually see it. Okay. And so what I would do is I would get rid of these two. I'm just going to right click and click delete. I'm gonna take this memo or description and I'm gonna pull this out. And I'm gonna change this to what did you purchase? You can do this for like large expenses. So, you know, if the client spent like, I don't know, $15,000 on somewhere and you don't know what they purchased and you just say, what did you purchase? Okay, and you can, I would delete this also. You can send this to the client and say, hey, for these two, can you just like fill in what you purchased, save this and send it back to me? Okay. Um, Because that will help you put things in the right place. Okay. Um, Yes, you can totally save this. Um, You know, if you have a client portal, you can put it in the client portal. Um, You know, something like this, um, because it doesn't really contain any sensitive information, If you wanted to email this and your client was okay with it that would be fine I just wouldn't do like entire reports that way Um, and but this would be something that I would be perfectly okay emailing to a client as long as the client was and these are things that when you're going through the onboarding process you need to talk to the client Um, so I'm not gonna save this okay but these are things so I'd be looking to reclassify these before I sent the reports to the client. Um, This, to me, now looking at this, if the client was managing this, um, this looks like this is a subcontractor, okay? Um, It's a masonry company, so I would wanna ask that question. The payment is over $600, so um, I would be a little bit concerned that we might need to send a 1099. This was paid from checking. It wasn't paid with a credit card. So this person might be subject to the 1099 rules. So in my, you know, in my monthly notes to the client, I was, I would say, I noticed that you paid Tim Phillip Masonry, um, an amount over $600 paid from your checking account. Do you have a W9 on file for this client? Uh, or for this uh, subcontractor? If not, could you please get one, okay? Um, And you could include the link to the W-9 form. Um, That would be perfectly fine. But you're trying to be proactive with your clients, okay? Um, So this is, you know, this is part of the work that, will separate you from the bench um, the bench companies and the uh, what's the new one I'm seeing all the time pipeline Um, but I get ads for bookkeeping companies all the time because I talk about bookkeeping and so those companies are very automated they're not really looking at the reports they're not helping you run your business better And so the difference between them, right, other than the fact that, you know, they charge a lot of money for not doing a lot of services, um, you know, I want you to be showing that, hey, I'm way more valuable than these companies. Okay. All right. So looking at the profit and loss, one thing that worries me just looking at this um, is that if July is done, Right, which I didn't look at the bank feed to see if there's stuff that need to be added. Um, But if July is done and I've got a loss for July, um, that's a little bit disconcerting to me. Um, And that is just because, you know, July is when you should really be making your money as a as a landscaper. Okay, so um, but their income is still relatively low, right? They're just starting out, so this is probably somebody who's doing it part time. Although I'll tell you that I know people that are doing it just on the weekends that are making a lot more money than this. The insurance, um, I'll tell you that looking at this, the insurance as a percentage of total income is 32%. I would be contacting the insurance people to see what we could do about the insurance to make sure that we've got the the insurance that we need. Um, Because 32% of income is a lot, okay? so. You know, just, you know, just a couple things to kind of, um, to kind of bring out in your letter to the client, you know, even the repairs, you know, the repair seems like a lot um, for a new business. I don't know how much of their equipment is new, um, but that seems like a lot. Okay. So you're just kind of looking, typically what I pull out is any expense, um, you know, any expense other than labor and job materials that is more than, um, maybe 15% of expenses would be something that I would be pulling out to look at. Okay. That's kind of my rule of thumb. All right, so that's the profit and loss. Um, and we did it year to date. Okay, so I kind of like this format, I really like because it shows on this is what you did last month, this is what you did year to date, and this is the percentage of your income for the month that these things make up. Okay, you can also run this again on a cash basis. So if we run it on a cash basis, okay, so notice that the numbers are a little bit different. Um, so it seems like they're you know their cash collections are doing okay um let's see so you'll notice that um yeah so on a cash basis though the insurance um the insurance is a much higher percentage so we've got to be really careful about that the loss we have a loss total loss on cash basis um across you know all uh both year to date and for the month. So that's not good. Okay. So we really got to be looking at, you know, for this client, I'd be looking at do we really need to be spending all the money that we're spending? Um, you know, we've got rent here. Um they're leasing a building uh and nine hundred dollars a month for the amount of revenue that they're making is not uh, is not feasible. So let's look at some storage alternatives, right. To store that equipment. Um, are there other things? And this could be something like, you'd be like, Hey, you know, this is something that I could look into for you. Um, I could get some insurance quotes for you and then come up with an amount that you're comfortable with, uh, to do that. And that's something that if you're including extra time, right? So if you're doing the, if you're doing CFO um, work for the client, that could be something. That said, hey, you know, this month if you want, I can take the the hour that I have worked into um, worked into your fee, and I could you know get some insurance quotes for you and present those, um, you know, or I could look at some rental. You know some other options for you for rentals. It kind of depends on what you're comfortable with, right? Because I know some of you have different backgrounds. I know some of you like know a lot about insurance, so maybe like doing that, those kind of insurance evaluations for people, um, you know, might be a really good thing to do. Some of you are, you know, have experience with rentals, um, so that might be something that you might be more interested in doing. So, um, kind of go with, you know. Go with what you're comfortable with. Um and if if nothing else, it's a great it's a great way to learn. Okay. So those are the two reports. The balance sheet and the profit and loss are the two reports that you should be issuing on a regular basis. Remember, balance sheet on accrual basis, the profit and loss. Um you might want to do if they have a lot of receivables and payables, you might want to present both of those, both the cash basis and the accrual basis. Um, And then the other thing that I would be looking at possibly is an accounts receivable aging summary. Okay, and what this tells me is this tells me, um, so this tells me who owes me money and how long they've owed me money for. Okay. And so if I look at this, um, we have some clients that owe us more, you know, between 60 and 90 days. And we've got some clients that are a little bit late. Um, and then we've got clients that are still within. So these people are in within their, um, their payment window. So remember when we were looking at the, the company settings and we said, okay, our customers have Either, you know, they have to pay us on receipt, they have to pay us within 30 days. Um, if they're current, they're within their payment terms. So that means if we gave them 30 days to pay, and it says that they're 30, they're 61 to 90 days late, that means that they it's actually been 90 to 120 days since they got their bill. Okay. Um, and so again, with something like this, like I'd be asking, you know, maybe we should have your customers on reoccurring payments if we're doing the same work for them all the time. Um, Or could we, um, you know, are we emailing them the bills with the option to pay with a credit card or to pay online? Um, Because that will typically help. Um, You really have to be proactive with clients Um, and you, I would be telling my clients this, you really need to be proactive with your customers that don't wait until they're late to send the payment reminder, you know, send the payment reminder five days before it's due. Um, and that's something, that's a service that you could offer for them, you know, so you could kind of help them manage their, their receivables. Um, you know, if you're thinking about additional services that you want to offer. Um, So they're actually putting the receivables in, but you're kind of helping them manage to make sure that they're getting paid. Okay. So that's again, like an ancillary service that you can offer um, in your packages. So this might be something that you want to offer as well. If you're finding that your client um, is getting behind on their bills um, and they're actually putting their bills into the system. Uh, an AP aging summary might be a good thing too. Okay, so that's accounts payable. So notice they are a little bit late um, on their PG and E, um, which is typically gas and electric. Okay, just from my years of running, you know, working with QuickBooks. Usually, if you say G and E, it's gas and electric. Okay, so that might be something. Um, but again, I think it's really important to ask your clients, like, what are you struggling with? What, what do you need help with? Um, and so for typically for most of your clients, it's going to be, you know, you're going to be running the balance sheet and the, and one of the profit and loss statements. Okay. All right. So let me know if you've got questions about reports or analyzing reports, um, or anything else that we've discussed so far in this module. Thanks.